The deed was done on Thursday. The lease was signed by the trustees of Portobello Central, a charitable organisation, and the City of Edinburgh Council. After four years, it means that the town hall is now a community resource to be used by local people for local people. This is a momentous event, especially as many of us can remember the day back in June 2019 when Morag Phillips, Miss Morag and her Lothian Dance Academy learned the town hall would be closed down just before their annual show. This was her reaction at the time. I just felt my stomach falling out and I felt sick and I just didn't know what, I was just like, I can't believe it. I just can't believe this. Anger started to come later. At that time, you switch into the show must go on mode. What can we do? How can we get rehearsal? The most important thing was to focus on that the show was going on. And although I would be saying to people, we're getting the netting, the show's going on, in my heart, I thought, what if the people get up in the scaffolding and discover that the damage that they were thinking's there is a lot worse and that they close us down completely and the show doesn't go on at all. We started phoning up different halls, different theatres, but you can't move a show that's been made for one place and tickets that have been sold for one place to somewhere else, because that was another thing I didn't say to you. We also were told we couldn't use the balcony. And you'd already sold tickets for that? We'd already sold tickets. Thank goodness they weren't numbered tickets, which we usually do, which meant we could squash everybody downstairs. But of course, they limit you to how many you can sell. I had to limit the tickets, which meant that there was projected income from the tickets on the balcony, which means that the show is out of pocket because... And, well, I did go overboard on costumes because I usually bank it on I'll be able to get more costumes because I know people will buy tickets in the balcony and, of course, this time that didn't happen. Since then, no fewer than eight episodes have charted the journey from that June day to this. We have followed the work of Portobello Central as its trustees worked, even through the pandemic, to get us to this point. For both Jennifer Elliott, who now chairs what's become a charitable company, and Jeff Pearson, its company's secretary, that hard work has been worth all the effort. It is. It's a long time, isn't it? June 2019, the building closed. And here we are, June 2023. is going to be a really big month for Portobello Central with our venue manager starting and the lease signing with the council for a 25-year term, which is essentially ownership of the building. But when you look back, there's been a tremendous amount of hard work going in to get to this week. Yes, I think my husband would agree with that. Um, There's been a lot of work, but a lot of fun as well. But there's been a lot of support from the community as well. Undeniably, we couldn't have got to where we are without different people volunteering and helping and that support from the the Porty Food Map where people bought the books. They they put £12 in our bank allowing us to buy the book before they'd even seen it. And then the crowdfunder just blew us away. It's been in phases. There's been the, the first phase of we must stop this going wrong, we must save the building. And then the next phase, which Portobello Central was set up for, is to say, OK, if we're going to save the building, what are we going to do in it? What does the community want? And within 18 months, we had a very clear picture that the community wanted to go back to having a lively, different centre to the town. And that's what we then proposed. So that's the first half. We got to that point. And then the council said, great, we like the look of you, let's go. And then, of course, they found money. So we then had to pause while the money came in to repair the building, when we were sitting on the edge of our beds, ready to go with dancing and singing and shows and so on, and waited. But what we had in the interim was a pandemic. 
which actually benefited you because it means you're now in a better position. People are more willing to go out to enjoy themselves and use facilities like that than they were a year ago. The thing I was musing on yesterday when I was in the town hall looking at the, the state of the place was the way in which many young people, for example, have probably never been in it. It needs to move forward very rapidly into something quite different. And the difference is because of the pandemic, that we had those two years where everybody was just a wee bit uncertain what they could do. That period meant that people were at home, on the Zoom and all that, talking about what they would like to do if we ever got out of this. So we did benefit, because we got more talking done and more thinking done than we would have done if we'd gone straight into the the rah-rah, save the building campaign. Yes, they may have signed a lease for 25 years, but at the moment, all they have is an empty building and a lot of aspirations. But at least, as Jeff points out, it is now fit to open its doors to the general public. The outside has been refurbished with the place-based investment fund money, which was £350,000. So the outside is now very clearly wind and watertight to a good standard and will probably last 25 years without needing any more work. Inside, it's exactly the way it was in July 2019. Apart from one thing, the ceiling was one of the things that people were worried about. The ceiling was repaired by a massive scaffold inside, huge array of scaffolding, and then they left it. So we had the red ceiling with white stripes of filler, and then we said to the council, are you going to paint that? And the council said, no. So we said to them, okay, this is Thursday. We will raise the money, because Portobello wants this. We will raise the money by this time next week to paint the ceiling. So keep the scaffolding up. On Tuesday, the council phoned to say, we're painting the ceiling right now. And the reason I mention that is I wanted it to be clear to people that this has not been us against the council. This has been us with the council and the council recognising that what we were proposing was very much what the people of Portobello and wider areas wanted and is being delivered. And of course, because of that scaffolding being up, the condition of the building in terms of dust and so forth, dust and stores, is it's going to need a little, quite a lot of cleaning. It's slightly dustier than my back bedroom. But it's the kind of doable dust. So we're looking at volunteers to... Uh, I, I met a colleague of mine yesterday and said, Hi, Linda, how about being a scrubber? And she knew exactly what I meant, that it was not meant unkindly. So they're going to be scrubbers and they're going to be gardeners. I've had a joiner in, a volunteer who's going to sort out the hinges. You know, there are the little things that most people don't notice that make the place workable. You heard Jennifer claim that the length of the lease meant, essentially, ownership of the building. So what are the terms of that lease? Are there any conditions? And what are the responsibilities which Jeff Pearson and his fellow trustees have to bear? There are almost no conditions apart from the fact that the lease is for 25 years. There's a break at the three-year mark. So if we decide to walk off into the sunset, we can do that at the three-year mark and nobody will mind. But that actually would have meant that you were not getting any bookings and the thing was the whole project was failing. So that that seems highly unlikely. We have risk analysis. We we know that if Mr Putin arrives in a in a chariot that we probably will have to stop business for the night. That kind of thing it doesn't worry me. The the thing that would worry us would be if the mood for being in a place like that failed. And there's no sign of that. the demand we're getting already is pretty big. 
or if there was a catastrophic need to change the building. An example will be the boilers are old. We might have to change the boiler because we're getting a full repairing lease. So anything that has to be fixed or replaced, we have to do. But of course, because in the four years, when the council first said the boiler needs to be replaced, in those four years, the world has changed. We now talk about heat pumps and all those kind of things. So if we can get the boiler to last for five years, by then we will be looking at a completely different way of heating the building. One of the main tasks they have is to fill the building with life, activity and organisations willing to pay for the privilege. Sally Dyson has been working on the first couple of events, starting at the end of the month. We've got two events absolutely nailed into the diary and that's Stitches for Survival on the 24th of June and that's going to be pretty much an open house so that people can come along, obviously see the Stitches for Survival exhibition but also have a look around the town hall, remember it uh, if you've been in there before, have a look at it if it's brand new to you. I don't think you're going to see many changes, a little bit more dust at the moment until we've cleaned that all out. But it's for people to get a feel for what it's like and it's also to help us in terms of understanding the building. So that's the first event that's going to be there. In the so watch hall. people moving around and see how they do. Yes, absolutely. Watch people moving around, but we won't tell anybody that. Yeah, just to see how people operate in the building and so we can understand how people flow through, um, what people are interested in. We can also chat to people as well, which is going to be really important because everybody that we've spoken to is so super excited about the building opening again and really curious, wanting to get in there and have a look. The Stitches for Survival Blankets. A group of crafters, you might say, in Portobello gathered together a movement of people making blankets for COP26. They were environmentally themed, beautiful embroideries. I was lucky enough to see them hanging on Glasgow Green on washing lines. Some of them have been repurposed, passed on to different charities, used as blankets for the homeless, but there's still a good number available. So the woman behind Stitches for Survival, Cathy, has been gathering them. I'm reassured that they have been collected from all ends of Scotland. Uh, we will be hanging them in the town hall 24th of June, that Saturday. Near the longest day, the best time of the year, time to celebrate and a bit of a, a date that's becoming famous in the community land movement seems to be a common date for parties in Scotland and the land celebrations so I, I'm glad that it's the 24th of June that that's happening and then into July we'll have Porty Pride as well. With Porty Pride we've got a whole host of different events taking place which is fantastic so there is things from using the big hall they're going to have their main ball on Saturday evening but also some other events. So I think they've got a girls' rock school in there. They're going to be using the stage. I think there's a choir and other things going on. But also there's the room upstairs, which is a smaller room, which could be used for yoga or an art class. They're going to use it for an art exhibition. So it's just amazing the different types of activities that can take place within the town hall. It's not just Northern Seoul, although we're hoping that Northern Seoul will be back as well. For months now, since it became clear that the community would take control of the town hall, everything, including sorting out these events, has been carried out by trustees and volunteers. However, none of them have any experience of actually running a major venue. Wendy Davies, who joined as a trustee just last year, is relieved that this responsibility has now been passed to a professional. We have now appointed a manager 
for the venue, for the town hall. And we are really relieved about that because, as you say, it does depend on people running it. And up till now, the whole process has been run by the trustees. And that's been a huge amount of work. I only joined the trustees about eight months ago. So there's a few years of work, you know, before I got involved. And so it's really good that now we've got somebody else who's going to take that lead and who's going to work with us. So that manager's role is to do what? Quite a number of things that are in the manager's role. Um, I think perhaps the first and most important is getting the customers in and sorting out the bookings. We're going to be hiring out the halls. There's different halls, there's different combinations of, of sizes and shapes that might suit different types of activities. And also there's different demands we'd imagine at the weekend compared to let's say a Tuesday morning. Saturday night and Tuesday morning are very different spaces and we're hoping that all kinds of things will happen at different times and in different ways. You're right at the start now Mm -hmm. so presumably at the beginning this will be a part-time role. This is a part-time role for the moment and we'll see how that goes because as I'm sure you know the money is really tight at the moment for projects like this and so we won't be able to make it full-time until we've got more income coming in. And that's part of the role as well, to bring in the hires, that bring in the, the money that will fund a full-time post, hopefully. So presumably, is this somebody who actually does have an understanding of finance and so forth? We've got a wonderful person working for us who has got a huge experience in a whole range of different things that are relevant to the job, which includes running events and which includes looking after buildings and most importantly with setting up businesses and enterprises and I think that it's going to be crucial that we've got somebody with the kind of enthusiasm and experience that Kieran brings. Kieran who? Kieran Middleton, who is a local man and he'll be known to some perhaps from the work that he did with the Belfield Brewery, which he was one of the, the founders of that. The only way they've been able to employ Kieran is thanks to that crowdfunding campaign a few weeks ago. That put over £30,000 into Portobello Central's bank account. And as Jennifer Elliott is keen to stress, they're sorting out the promised rewards as a thank you to those who contributed. I've just had the reward emails out. So not everyone took a reward. Um, it's something people can select or not. But we had a postcard from the town hall which are some of the collection that Jeff Pearson, one of the trustees, has. He has a vast collection of postcards and he's picked out 20 of the town hall ones. So they're real collector's items and they're a good reward. We have a portrait of the town hall, which we've taken Juan de la Pena's lovely portrait of the building and that will be printed and sent out. We were lucky enough to be gifted to some aerial acrobat sessions by Aerial Art House. Um, I took one of those. I'm thrilled by that one. So so what actually is Aerial Acrobatic and how, how did they get involved? Ah, well, Aerial Art House will hopefully be doing circus in Portobello Town Hall soon enough, but they are a collective in Leith who offer art, silks and trapeze classes, so circus skills. So they've offered a selection of classes which were taken up. And our top reward, the highest value one, was a name on a tile in the building. So I've been working with a local artist to develop those tiles and we hope to have them in place come September. That 30,000, however, won't go very far unless Kieran is effective in filling the venue. Since he only took over his new role on Thursday, we decided to hold off an interview for a few weeks until he fully appreciates what he's taken on. But getting the Vances right will be vital to the town hall's survival, much less success. Stuart Reid is the Portobello Central Treasurer. Although the crowdfunder is a, a huge success and we have to reach out and thank the people of Portobello repeatedly for that, 
We know that we don't have enough yet in the, the kitty to see us through to being a, a viable business. We're confident in the relatively short term we'll be getting enough lets in to cover all of our costs. What we do need is a little bit of extra funding just to see us over that bridge. That but are there things like grants, for example, that might be able to cover that kind of thing? The grant environment, I think, has changed a little over the, the last few years. And in one or two cases, we're certainly finding that Portobello isn't deprived enough to qualify for these grants. But we're also looking at taking some loan finance in the short term, knowing that we're still confident that the business will generate enough to cover our costs in the not-so-short term. But that depends on the success of Kieran as your business manager. Absolutely. We know we've got a lot of inquiries. I know that a lot of them are really positive, but we need to turn them into firm bookings. We need to turn them into shoes on the floor of the of the town hall and bums on seats to make sure that the income comes in. We're confident of that. And as Jeff Pearson is quick to acknowledge if the work so far has seemed hard, the real work has only just begun. The underlying piece of work, which starts now, is to get the building ready for its new life with the systems replaced. The shell's there, the building's strong. All we want now is for the next two or three years to be the heart and soul, new life of the heart of Portobello, which is what we promised to do. We are saying, you asked for this, we have delivered it, now come and use it. And that means that People are saying, ah, well, you know, we, we want something different or better. Okay? Make it different or, and better in the town hall, because that's ours. It's not easy to say to people, come and see us, because, as you've just said, it, it's dusty, and, but you need a bit of imagination. But gradually, over the next six months, after the few big things have been on, people say, actually, that is quite a good place to be. But I'll leave the last word to Morag Phillips, Miss Morag who's sort of retired from the Lothian Dance Academy. There's no hiding her excitement. I'm so excited. I'm so proud. I'm so grateful. This is an amazing time for us. It's been a long four years, but who would have believed that a group of people could do this to get a place that had been closed down, opened up again, and it's going to be open to all the people that want to use it now, the community, the dancers, the wrestlers, the events, and it's going to be back in use how it should be. And I'm just so totally excited about the whole whole experience. And of course, Lothian Dance Academy has the opportunity to have your shows back there. That was the main reason I think I got involved, because as I'm remembering, I was a very upset person when I first met you. But as it went along, I started to stop being Miss Morag from Lothian Dance Academy and being more Morag part of the community for 33 years, wanting to see things happening in there again, like weddings and things such like. And I've been working with such a wonderful bunch of people that the other trustees, I feel we've worked together really well and we've come a long way. And I don't know if one's allowed to boast, but I am very proud of all of us. Not to forget, we have had tremendous support from the public and the community have just rallied round us. We've got to clap for them as well. But I'm very confident. I know that everybody's behind us and I can see amazing things happening in the future. It's actually going to be better than it's been in, in all recent years, definitely. So I'm totally enthusiastic about it.